0: Before we begin, I'd just like to remind you that this episode is currently available as a video, so if you want to check us out in all our glory, then please head over to youtube.com at poddywood. For now though, enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Pottywood, the podcast where we talk about movies and all kinds of movie-related things. I am one of your co-hosts, Steve Hester, and joining me, as always, is...
1: That would be me, Andrew Roger Carson, the other guy. New hair, same glasses as last week, same snappy demeanour.
0: And uh, we are not alone this week. Joining us all the way from the Big Apple, would you please give a great big Pottywood welcome... To Jonas Barnes, welcome back again, Jonas. Me?
2: <laughs> Thank you guys so you? much. <laughs> I'm coming back to uh not trash movies. That's uh this is this is new ground for me on Pollywood. I'm not coming back just to just to shittle over movies. So that's great. That's gonna be fun. Well, you know, if you yeah. want to just
0: spit some venom out there, just go for it. And speaking about spitting out stuff, we're gonna be spitting out some tracks. About last week's What's in the Box, which was Hustle and Flow from 2005.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, we escaped 2007 for once. Uh,
0: yes, 2005 is a story of a pimp who then wants to break into the music business. And I think the best way to describe it will probably be a hip hop version of Rocky. <laughs>
2: that's a fair point. No, that's, you know, that's an interesting he- way to explain, to explain Hustle and Flow.
0: Well, because if you think about it, he's in a less than desirable profession. You know, Rocky was a enforcer for the mob. And then in this movie, he's a pimp. And then he wants to get into the music business. Um, he he comes up with this this idea after being given a keyboard in exchange for some uh, drugs. And then starts to lay down this track. And the whole movie is about him being able to build this music career. Uh, Terrence Stamp plays the lead character, DJ. DJ.
2: That would, t- that, that would be Terrence me. Howard, not Terrence Stamp. That would be a. They don't say that Terrence be, Stamp. That would be a way. Different oh my God, movie. that
1: would be such a such a different kind <laughs> of
2: film, wouldn't it? <laughs> it ain't over
0: for me, no, it
1: ain't over for me. You know it's hard out <laughs> here for a pimp.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I want to now. I want Terrence Stamp as a drug dealing pimp that goes to hip hop. Now I want that. <laughs> Do you want to know something? With God's honest truth, I
0: actually redid. The lyrics for that song in an English way, so that was a slip of the tongue doing Seren Sam. That's hilarious. It um it <laughs> It's rather difficult as a ruffian as he is endeavouring to secure his financial situation. You see, he is currently in the red, due to his ladies'
2: ill repute acting most disagreeably. Oh, that was aggressively white. Thank you. That was. You
1: will bow before
2: me. That was weaponized Caucasian. That's what that was. (laughs) Uh,
0: Terrence Howard. Uh, And he basically is indistinguishable in this role from his usual kind of demeanor, particularly if people are used to seeing him in Iron Man, because he is properly gritty and grimy in this and he talks with such a thick uh mississippi can is it mississippi dude memphis tennessee steve tennessee thank you oh, it...
1: <laughs> you can tell he watched this movie Jesus really Christ. really closely <laughs> my god
2: yeah yeah i don't i didn't do geography it's fine <laughs> um Dude, okay, first well, of all, off. I'm the one that has the American school system here, so if anybody's <laughs> going to say that we don't have geography, especially world geography, that's going to be me, alright? <laughs> Our school you know, system does say? not give a shit about the rest of the world. They're just like, listen, we're going to give you the history of your town, and that's it.
0: All I know is that somewhere in the south, it's really, really hot, and everybody don't talk like
2: that. Man. No, no, they do not. He says, mine. He says, man mine. mine. He says that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a little vocal tick. He just keeps saying, What you looking at, mate? Mate. 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 Mate.
0: Um, But it it was a movie that I was expecting to be a lot darker than it actually was in terms of tone. And particularly as it was going on, I started to realise that it had a feel of that uh, Dolomite Is My Name movie that Eddie Murphy starred in on Netflix about two years ago. And same then I director. realized, same yeah. director, yeah. Um, it was the, the, the old guy who seemed to be missing teeth that gave him the keyboard that I thought, I th- you were in that film. And it's the way that the scenes are cut together and the musical stings of it all, and the way it just had this kind of feeling that he just put me in mind of that. Um, so, yeah, you've got Kevin, is it Kevin Richardson? <laughs> The guy, the producer,
2: Anthony Anderson. You yeah, mean. it's
0: Anthony. Anderson. Anthony Anderson. God, I'm doing well tonight, aren't I? <laughs> All right, now who's the skinny Fuck white? You. Who's
2: the skinny white guy? All right, who is it? Uh, sh- Don't I you look at your goddamn phone? Down. Don't you do it? <laughs> I'm not looking. Ah, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm looking at my file. Uh, DJ Quails. <laughs> yes. No, DJ Qualls, not BJ. No. DJ. DJ Qualls. I said DJ. <laughs> I did not say BJ. <laughs> We're not at that stage of the evening yet. You also said yeah, you also said quails. It's not a fucking bird. Come on. <laughs> this Q U A L L. It's fucking quails. I don't I don't see an eye in that, do I? I don't see an <laughs> eye.
0: So anyway, the whole movie then uh, builds and culminates as he's trying to be able to uh, put this demo together and put it into the hands of a guy called Skinny Black who's played by Ludacris. And uh, it then gets to a point where the movie kind of lost it for me because I thought the actual ending itself felt a little bit key- cliche, a little bit kind of film student kind of well, thing. It's it's yeah. like at the end of Clerks, um, famously, there was a deleted scene where Dante was going to get killed. And then one of the execs, I think, at Miramax said, no, cut it off.
2: Yeah, yeah. You Have it end it,
0: with them saying we're
2: closed. You had to wait for and two more got movies like- for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've still not seen the third one. Well, now you don't need to. Now you know. (laughs) (laughs) Smith Smith just lost me a long time ago. Uh, it's got that weird... build-up to something which just feels like it's there to have an emotional... climax, but it just feels a little bit too cliché for my liking
2: on it. I can tell you why the ending was the third act was the way that it was, though. It's because it was supposed to have a sequel so the third the movie is actually based on the story of the director like the director himself this is basically his story so the third act was the way that it was because there was supposed to be a sequel to it that was going to be a follow-up to what happens in and out of prison so that's what was supposed to happen it just never did So it was kind of like, it was one of those things where a lot of movies now, they'll have that stinger at the end of a movie, after the credits, where it's just like, ah, this is going to happen. And then if it doesn't happen, you're just like, eh, whatever. It was like a five-minute scene or whatever the case. Whereas this, because of the time of when the movie was made, they weren't doing like after credit stingers or anything like that. So if they wanted to set up a sequel, it pretty much had to be in the third act of the movie, where it was just like, and we're going to be back later, you know? And that's what happened here. Yeah, I, I, I would have liked them to have been a bit more
0: solid with that, but if that's what they were aiming for, then you can't really blame them. But, I mean, what would you have, what would you have called the sequels?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it probably would have just been Hustle and Flow too. I don't think there would have been any kind of, like, at, like, any kind of addendum to that, because if you have a sequel where he gets out of prison, where he gets an actual career, where he becomes, like, the thing that he wanted to be it can become a story by the way if you hear a siren in the background that's just new york talking to the podcast just so you know like that's <laughs> hello new york city yeah, 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 just... i
1: finally made it to new york city
2: shut the fuck up. um but no that's i mean that's kind of what it is because it's it would have been a story of like him trying to overcome you know becoming a monster because ultimately mm-hmm. that's what you know kind of could happen in that situation you have somebody that comes from the background that he does all of a sudden, he gets famous. All of a sudden, he becomes rich. All of a sudden, he becomes skinny black. And so, I think the second movie would have been kind of that story, like trying to yeah. not become that, you know, monster, so to speak. Yeah,
1: too yeah, hustle, that... too flow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I have done uh, my research over the course of the week. So, as we mentioned, this was kind of based on the story of Craig Brewer. Now, Craig Brewer's name. Obviously, Hustle and Flow was his breakout movie. He went on to do Dolomite is My Name. He also did the controversial for the time, Black Snake Moan. Fantastic movie. Uh, which is a fantastic movie. And a movie that is not fantastic called Coming to America, which is probably mm-hmm. the most deflating comedy sequel you could ever have received during the pandemic. I can't bring myself gift. to watch it. I'm sorry I can't. It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough ride. It's, uh, Um,
2: it's right up there with How High Two and Half Baked Two, two other comedy (laughs) movies that never should have been made.
1: (laughs) And were never watched. Nope. Um, Terrence Howard, uh, I think this is probably one of the greatest roles that he's ever done. And when you consider the fact that Terrence Howard interviewed 123 pimps as research Mm. and 78 prostitutes, and he lived in a brothel for a month to get into character. That was That's actually his that was actually
2: before he got casted for the movie. He just did that. Like just <laughs> <you know. laughs> No,
0: honestly I'm I'm researching a part. I'm researching mm-hmm. a part, yeah.
1: Yes, although we could do our regular feature of the fuck meter, but this one has a meter all of its own. The main meter. <laughs> Two hundred and twenty one Instances of mine.
2: Well, okay, because the only other meter we could do is not allowed because all three of us are white. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, some lines we just don't cross. That's true. Yeah, you don't cross those lines. You keep those lines exactly where they are.
1: And I can also tell you that this project was rejected by pretty much every single studio over many, many years, and it actually took John Singleton of Boys in the Hood fame, mm-hmm. financed this movie on his own back to get it done. And the moral of the story here, this movie broke the record for distribution rights sales at Sundance selling for $9 million to Paramount and MTV. Holy shit. <laughs> nice. So yeah. The
2: budget was only $3 million, right? Yeah. So it exactly. sold for, so for
1: $6 million over. Well, actually, the budget was $2.8 million. It went on to make $23.5 million.
2: That was a hell of a return on that one.
1: Yeah. And as we mentioned about Terrence, obviously, initially, he did turn the role down. Uh, his excuse was uh, he didn't want to be typecasted as a pimp. But then uh, he just kind of talked around to it, saw the ca- character a bit deeper and... It's ended up being possibly what I think his best role that he has ever done. Uh, Taraji P. Hansen in there as well, Mm -hmm. which is a nice link for you Empire fans as Terrence Howard and Taraj reunite in the series Empire. I could
0: almost be considered a follow-on to this one then, couldn't it? really? Same (laughs) (laughs) characters.
1: Same characters, maybe?
0: (laughs) Kind of, sort of, sort of, (laughs) kind of. Maybe in witness protection got renamed, something like that, I don't know.
2: (laughs) Maybe that's I'm the sequel a- to Hustle and Flow. It's them in witness protection. We make folk music yeah.
1: now. Like <laughs> <laughs> Collect folk music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even more believable, the song It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp ended up at the Oscars. Yeah,
2: no. like when that song came out it was everywhere like yeah it was one of those songs that like there's movies that have songs that come out of them that you kind of always you know associate with it. like going back to rocky eye of the tiger Yeah, you're like oh there's rocky you know this song when it came out it shot everywhere like it was on it was on every radio station that played anything even close to hip-hop it was music videos all over the place. It was in like just everything. You couldn't not hear that song during that year. It was, it was huge, absolutely huge.
1: Yeah, and, and one of the best <clears> scenes <throat> in the movie is the creation of that song, as well as, uh, I absolutely love the whoop that trick scene. Yeah. I, I think it is such a fantastically organic scene that really just elevates the entire movie. I've watched that scene, Singularity, so many times on YouTube. <clears throat> it just puts a, a huge smile on my face. Um, for the standouts, I think the casting is really great. Nice little turn from Paula J. Parker.
2: And then Taryn um, Manning plays... uh, uh Taryn Manning? Yeah, she plays Nola. Yeah, big hi to Taryn. <clears throat> I'm going to tag you in this one. And, and uh, to the, be honest with you, like, she she absolutely takes it home in this part too. like, she, oh, yeah. she acted her ass off in this movie.
1: And the thing I think I definitely wanted to throw in there. Uh, I love Amy Vincent's cinematography in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it is, it is so gritty and grounded and fabulous. I'm going to give her a good shout out there. Um, that's my kind of report on uh, the behind the scenes interesting facts on hustle and flow. How are you going to end it, Steve?
0: Uh, well, I could spit out some more lyrics, uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to. However, what I will leave you with before we move on to the anniversaries is two things which I found while researching alternative names for pimp in ye English, and there are two which, which stuck Christ. out more than anything else that I can possibly think of. Two phrases: Southern f- Dandy. <laughs> yes. The first of all is to take a turn among the cabbages. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. I is think... that an offer? <laughs> <laughs> not for me. It's not. And this one I think is wonderful. Uh, it is an Irish toothache. An Irish toothache. Which is slang for an
2: erection. Hilarious. <laughs> so hilarious. Anyways.
1: Yes. You I'm gonna what... get feedback from Bill saying that's not accurate. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I want to. I want mention... to show and prove us wrong, Bill. I want to mention. Get that something... on by MPB. About
2: this movie, yeah. this there's one thing I want to mention about this, and this is, to me, this is something that is a sign of a very good movie or a very well-played part. Um, I love the movie. Um, I hate DJ. Like, I, yeah. I absolutely loathe him, which is, like, it's one of those things, like, when you said it was kind of like Rocky, to me it's, like, the opposite of Rocky in the sense that I'm rooting for Rocky, and in this one, DJ was such a piece of shit that, like the good things that happened were awesome to see on screen but at the same time it's like you're a monster like you're an absolute monstrous human being you're not going to make a fun-loving pimp like that's just not going to happen and if you do you've done the movie wrong so the fact that terrence howard who in my opinion is one of the more likable actors in hollywood played this part to the point that he did where i was like actively angry at his character like that's that's such a good like such a good turn of acting there because Mm. you know he just he did such a good job of it and also like when the music came into play when he started making the track and when he started actually doing everything then it was like it was cool then it was like you know I'm liking the music but I'm even if I'm not liking him the person but yeah his acting in that like you were saying maybe his best part ever and I don't think I can't think of anything that comes even close to be honest and he's an amazing actor
1: okay that's a good point to finish on Hustle and Flow. Is it deserving of its certified fresh of Steve? Uh, yeah, why not?
0: I, I, I honestly don't think I probably will see it again, now that I've kind of
2: watched it. I'm Come- happy I revisited it. <laughs> it. took me years. You guys made me do this, but I'm happy I did. <laughs> so I'm happy I did.
0: Well, with that out of the way, it's time to look at some anniversaries.
2: Watch them again all of the time or we get them on Prime for free. But we only know
1: how old they are when we learn their anniversary. Anniversaries, the section of our show where we revisit films that Steve also hasn't seen. Or... We're, we're, no, in all honesty, we try and get at least one out of three. Yeah. I think there's only been one week where we got... All three that you had yeah. seen?
0: I mean, we did all right last week. We had two of them. Uh, possibly three. Um, but yeah, definitely two. So
1: what do we have this week on the docket, Andrew? Okay, well, we're going to be pushing it this week uh, because I don't think you've seen any of them. But we'll go for the first one. Can you believe, Steve, 30 years ago this week, Indecent Proposal was released? No. No, I haven't.
0: No. Yet again, I've seen all the countless memes about it, all the parodies that have happened in pop culture and all the rest of it. What do you want, man?
2: One night with your wife for (laughs) $2,000. Well,
1: have I seen the film? No, no, I haven't. No. Well, Indecent Proposal was, I guess, the kind of forgotten film of Adrian Lynn because every time you say Adrian Lynn, Indecent Proposal is not a movie that instantly jumps out at you as an Adrian Lynn movie. Uh, I'd say Jacob's Ladder, for sure it's a piece of fucking art that movie mm-hmm. um dance which a lot of people don't initially realize that he was the director of and fatal attraction as well oh sh- directed i've seen uh, that one <laughs> uh, oh, sorry,
2: you've seen that one how are you guys feeling uh, about fatal attraction being turned into a series uh, i'll not
1: watch it anyway yep because <laughs> it's a series yeah you know that's too much commitment <laughs> this is too much commitment <laughs> Does that story really need to be told in a series? Yeah, no. No. <laughs> it doesn't. It's like all the Disney Star Wars stuff. It'll be done in two episodes. The rest
0: of it's just going to be padding.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, you're right. Well, Indecent Proposal is the uh, the infamous story of 30 years ago when Robert Redford offers Woody Harrelson a million dollars if he can sleep with his wife played by Demi Moore. And obviously the big question that was all asked of every single couple back in the day, would you do it? And they'd be like 500 quid. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, Indecent Proposal does have a link as every movie does every week when it comes to the onset scuffles.
0: Dun, dun, oh, not dun, another dun. one.
1: Yes third week in a row we have a movie in our anniversaries that has involved a scuffle uh well in this one there were on set fights between adrian lynn and demi moore no why am Uh, i not surprised well no i mean demi moore had more of an artistic uh vision of her character and adrian lynn was very hesitant about it uh but apparently he even admits to this day that actually she was right I was hoping it was a fight between Woody Harrelson and Robert
2: Redford where he's just like, I didn't tell you you could actually fuck my wife. This is part of the movie. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> You fucked my wife? What? You fucked my wife?
1: There was, <laughs> there was certainly uh, something along the lines there I'll get to in a second. Um, <laughs> what, what, we, what we've got to imagine here, that this movie in the uh, Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore roles... Uh, this movie was originally envisioned as a Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman project. Okay. Mm. Which obviously they, I think they shunned it for far and away. So they really did themselves <laughs> out of uh, the movie that made the most money that year.
0: Yeah, between that and uh, Eyes Wide Shut, they never really did well together as couples mm-hmm. on film, did they?
1: Yeah, I like Days of Thunder, you know, I get guilty pleasure out of yeah, that Yeah, but that movie. was basically when they met. That's yeah. Actually, that's that's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut's really
2: their only "quote unquote" couple movie, and that one, yeah, it's <laughs> not, a coupling movie. It is not Kubrick's <laughs> best, is what I will say.
1: <laughs> uh, Woody Harrelson uh, actually walked off the movie Benny and June to do this movie, which resulted in MGM suing Paramount. Uh, because of the uh, breach of contract of Woody Howells basically poaching him to come and do this movie. When it came to the sex scenes that everyone was talking about, uh, a porn star actually doubled Robert Redford for his porn scenes. Hilarious. But Woody by name, Woody by nature, he yeah. was like, no, yeah. I'm doing this. And not only that, he had to do it to Bruce Willis's wife while Bruce Willis was on set. The yeah, time. There you go. <laughs> yep. You fucked my wife. (laughs) Uh, Woody Harrelson only took the role after Charlie Sheen turned the role down. (laughs) Wow. Well, Charlie was still incredibly bankable as a leading man back in the day. But uh, apparently, yeah, he did turn the role down. Uh, There's a very small Billy Connolly cameo in this movie as well. Oh, shit. Playing himself, doing a stand-up routine on stage. And apparently there's a story... Uh, that was told that, uh, Robert Redford apparently kept missing his cue because he'd get distracted by Billy Connolly's jokes that he was telling on stage, and completely missing his cue. Oh, love it. So he became a Billy Connolly fan after that.
2: I always tell Uh, my friends that Billy Connolly is like the European version of George Carlin, and they immediately go find him, and they're like, oh fuck, you were right, and I'm like, yeah dude, Billy Connolly's a legend. He's,
1: He's our national treasure. Yeah. Uh, if you actually read the novel of Indecent Proposal, uh, you will notice exactly how Hollywoodized, uh, this story was originally the Woody Harrelson character was originally Arab or Jewish. Uh, it was Jewish and the Robert Redford character was actually an Arab. So basically okay. there was, there that was more of a kind, kind of, of Indecent intrigue. Proposal. That is a way exactly. different kind <laughs> So the the book was more kind of uh, controversial and built on the differences between like the Jewish and Arab yeah. people, and it's offered to obviously sleep with your wife for x amount of money. Yeah, that
0: opens up a whole stream of really really uncomfortable racialisms. That mm, here's yeah. here's probably a, question, a wise choice to be it. Here's one. a
2: question to put you on the spot, Andrew. How would you recast that movie if it was uh, if it was
1: loyal to the book? Jeez, that's a really good question. Um, Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost. <laughs> that's just an getting indecent offered. proposal as it is. <laughs> yes, getting offered by Michael Che. Uh, weekend uh, update. <laughs> 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 Emphasis on the up. Yeah. Um, this movie was a ridiculous hit. So the budget was 38 million. The film made $267 million. Nice. It was a huge hit that catapulted uh, Woody Harrelson from White Men Can't Jump all the way to uh, a bankable star that goes off and does Money Train. <laughs> this movie actually does hold a record. Uh, in Italy, it holds the second biggest ever opening for a Paramount movie, on an opening weekend. Still to this day. Silvio Berlusconi a fan, was he? (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Um, Standouts for me from the movie as a fantastic John Barry score. And John Barry gets it right every time. Oh yeah, I love John Barry. Uh, Demi Moore, and Woody Harrelson, the the chemistry's there. Robert Redford is really skeezy in it. Um, The only kind of thing that really falters is when Woody Harrelson is not acting around Demi Moore he seems like a completely separated character from the rest of the story whenever he's not sharing the screen with Demi Moore but you know it's 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 still a loved movie it's not a terrible movie i went to the cinemas on a date to see this movie you see a lot of films uh, with dates and there were separ- different girls every single time i know his this specifically is, is, is a trend trend
2: specifically here. Is, uh, that's a uh, you were really gambling yeah. on that date
1: on that one like <laughs> I was. I remember that they they stopped the film halfway through because someone was throwing Maltesers at the screen. <laughs> they weren't peeling bananas very very quickly. No, <laughs> no, no, they weren't. No. Uh,
2: yes, it's uh, a weird a movie proposal. to throw candy at. That's a weird one. Indecent yeah. <laughs>
1: Proposal. Thirty years old this week, Steve. Awesome. Okay. All right. What do we have next? Okay. Next, we're going back twenty years. This is, this is the teeth grinder for you, Steve, every single time. Usually, because it reminds time. me of how old I am. Yes. Go on. It is, it is the age gauge. 20 years ago this week, Anger Management was released. Fuck. Really? Uh, <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. Now I'm old. Adam Sandler <laughs> making movies for Revolution Studios and Happy Madison Productions, back in the days when Jack Nicholson was still making movies. Directed by Peter Seagal, not Steven Seagal, Peter Seagal. Way different who... an anger management movie. <laughs> 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 Steven Seagal is anger management. Needs oh. anger management. <laughs> yes, it'd be anger to management, I guess. Uh, Peter Seagal, uh, comedic director who directed Get Smart, which I know you have seen, Steve. Yeah, I still yes, I like that one. Also directed uh, The Naked Gun 33 and a 3rd, not David Zucker. It right. was Peter Seagal who directed that movie. But not weirdly on the DVD, it's David Zucker and the others that do the commentary, and Peter Seagal is nowhere to be found. Uh, he also directed My Spy with Dave Batista. Yes. My Spy was a he, shockingly good movie, for what it was. It was. Produced by Richard Mirisch, no less. Hi, Hi, Rich. Richard. <laughs> Is watching this week's saying that's my movie <laughs> and uh also uh, peter Segal also directed second act as well uh which you can google so everyone knows what it is adam sandler going into anger management and I believe his anger management teacher is jack nicholson who is absolutely nuts he is jack swivel-eyed lunatic as you would call him mm. is jack nicholson doing his best nicholas cage <laughs>
0: yes or is nicholas cage doing his best jack nicholson
2: Uh jack was doing it first no actually not in this one (laughs) this is the first time jack nicholson has done this kind of crazy uh this one is very nicholas cagey crazy like over way over the top
1: yes this saw jack nicholson swapping his golf club for a baseball bat (laughs) going absolutely crazy in this movie uh speaking of crazy in this movie can i just point out Rudy Giuliani has a cameo in this movie as himself. Oh, dear. Yuck. (laughs) It's it's a reason enough to kind of hate this movie is the fact that he does this and he also comes out with the line of, You can do it! Which is obviously what he was saying to Donald Trump for an entire term.
2: How, like, how Uh, is it
1: that he made that line worse than Rob Schneider did?
2: You can do it all night long! (laughs) Like, how did he... (laughs) That's, that is baffling to me. Like, I didn't think that would be possible. And now we have Rudy Giuliani being like, I can make that worse. I can do it.
1: Yes. Well, also in this movie, you get a cameo from John McEnroe as himself during the anger management class in a nice little in joke there. Uh, one thing I will say that I did notice when I watched the film this week, and I was like, oh, shit, I have to Google this and find out if it's actually the same thing as I saw and it is. If you actually want to see the uh, bronze bell and structure of the monastery set from Anger Management, it is currently on display in the Japanese garden at the Huntington Library in Pasadena. Oh. Hello, Pasadena. And you can actually go there and see it. Okay. Uh, this Please movie... Explain was originally rated R, but got seriously edited down to become the typical PG-13 Adam Sandler style. Uh, Jack Nicholson took the role. Can you guess whose advice he took on taking this role? One person said, you've got to do a movie with Adam Sandler. Uh, Was it uh, it,
2: his doctor that was prescribing him pharmaceutical medication? Like.
1: This is a tremendous throwback, Steve, to our very first episode. Oh, Jesus. I've been drunk since the very first episode.
0: <laughs> uh, was it Kathy Bates? It was
1: Kathy Bates. <laughs> Damn! Was... I
2: can- okay, I can see it,
1: that, actually. Yes, she had worked with Adam Sandler on the water boy. Yeah. Um, Bobby I Boucher. she worked with him again. Yes. And uh, apparently she's the one who told Jack, you, you've got to do a movie. You've got to do this movie with Adam much. She also worked with Jack Nicholson in About Schmidt. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> that was our first episode. That was the first movie Steve had to watch on What's in the Books.
2: Oh, wow. Wow. He really threw yeah. you to the, to the nudity wolves to on the that jiboozing. one. To <laughs> the Yes. Oh, <yeah. laughs> God it, uh... bless Kathy Bates for doing that, fuck. <laughs> You know the Jaeger was out beforehand during that scene. Oh, dear God. Uh,
1: I'll go on a line here and say, this is one of Adam Sandler's less annoying movies. Out of uh, the stuff that includes Billy Madison, which I'm not a fan of, or Jack and Jill, which I'm not a fan of.
0: He was more or less all right up until the very early 2000s. Things like uh, The Waterboy, um... Happy Gilmore, um, Little Nicky, even to an extent, I still I don't even mind that, even though he talks like an absolute idiot throughout the whole thing. Little Nicky's but fun, then,
2: but, like,
0: yeah. Yeah, but then as soon as the, the 2000s came around, he realized, oh, wait, I can just do all these movies with my mates where I can go to Hawaii and <laughs> just dick around and, uh, right, right, we oh, we need to write a film. Uh, just put some, like, fart jokes in on page three. That'll do it fine. That's what that's um, what he's doing. I, are you yeah. saying that, are
2: you saying that you didn't mess with the Zohan? Is that what you're saying, Steve?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I did not um, mess
1: with the Zohan. <laughs> I, I still say one of my favorite guilty pleasures of all time is that's my boy. Oh sure. Only for the fact Vanilla Ice steals the entire movie as himself.
2: Yeah, it's an awful movie, but it's
1: fun. Like
2: yes. <laughs> um, I'm surprised. Now, were you done with the cameo appearances in that movie, Andrew? I have a feeling you're going to pull one out that I'd forgotten yeah, to mention. Yeah, I am because it's related to the first one, Woody Harrelson. Of course. He's playing He's playing a, a drag queen sex worker and also a security guard. He, yes. does, he moonlights. He moonlights as a security guard. He mostly really does the drag queen sex worker.
0: Full <laughs> uniform, but with, with like the drag queen head on.
2: Is that it, what it is in the movie? It's kind of, yeah. So, like, he there's a part in the movie where they're stuck on the bridge, on the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, and Adam Sandler is, uh, well, he's having an anger problem. Ah, ha, ha And uh, Jack Nicholson uh, calls Woody Harrelson and gets him in the car with him. And makes Woody Harrelson, like, make a proposition to him or something like that. And Adam Sandler freaks the fuck out. Because, you know, transphobia, yay! Um, that's basically like, you know, the, the whole thing is just uh, Jack Nicholson being like, now this gay guy's gonna hit on you and he's wearing makeup, try not to freak out. And then Woody Harrelson makes it funny because he's Woody Harrelson. And he does a great job of it. And then later on in the movie, you see him come back as the security guard and he's still got, like, a little bit of the rouge and stuff on. And Adam Sandler's okay. like, oh, yeah, it's you! And, like, they're friends, and everybody's cool at the end of it. But, like, the one cab scene is just, it is very 2000s. It's
1: very, very 2000s as far as the humor goes. And, of course, uh, we have to mention, with it being anger management, and so far, the link to the previous film in the anniversaries, anger management star Charlie Sheen in the series. mm of course yep which was also the first set that I could probably call a second home for a first number of years because I was <laughs> practically there all the time when I was in LA how much of a hit do you think it was a medium hit just okay before before you give your full answer
2: I also have to say that Marissa Tomei was in the movie and Marissa oh. Tomei is amazing so like... yeah
0: but if she didn't get as naked as she did in uh, before the devil knows she Dead, then
2: no, no, that would have, that would have catapulted the movie white, right into fresh territory. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. The budget of the movie was $75 million. Most of that was probably going to Jack Nicholson as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the also movie filming made... in New York. That, those were the yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely does it. Uh, the movie made $195 million. Okay, so not bad. That media hit. hit,
0: like I said, yeah. Uh...
1: Like I said, I think Adam Sandler's great. I think John McEnroe's turn is fantastic in it. And I had a a real bit of a a kind of man crush on the uh, the music of this movie that's done by get his name right. Teddy Castellucci. Mm. So he did the score of the movie. Yeah, thank you. you. And uh, it's actually really memorable. So 20 years ago this week, it was anger management. right so that leaves us with one more we're going 10 years we are doing the 10 years steve oh okay what have we got for 10 years well i know it's something you haven't seen but i threw a bit of a question mark because i thought there's one actor in this that i thought automatically steve would watch it because of this one actor okay but 10 years ago this week the movie 42 was released
0: oh i know what movie that is. Oh, is, is, no. Wait,
1: is this the, the really, really shitty Farrelly Brothers one? <laughs> no. No. 42 is the biopic of Jackie Robinson, the first African-American to play Major League Baseball. And it was played by Chadwick Bozeman, the late, great Chadwick Bozeman. No, uh, I've not seen that. So this was directed by Brian Helgeland. I fucking said that name wrong, I know it. Is it Brian Helgeland? I think it's Helgeland. Is it Helgeland? I think so. Brian, if you're
0: out there, get in touch with us and
1: tell Andy that he's pronounced it wrong. (laughs) But in the meantime, I'll pronounce it wrong. This movie was directed by Brian Helgeland, uh, who was the director of such movies as Legend, starring Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy. Mm -hmm. A Knight's Tale, starring... (laughs) As the craze, yes. A Knight's Tale, which was the movie that... No one really admits to liking I guess um, I actually like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I had you to say it, I had to say it quietly though. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Mel Gibson starring payback. And also that no, I guess no. payback the alternative cut. <laughs> and of course, he was the writer of LA confidential, which you are still yet to see Steve, considering you're an LA noir fan. Dude,
2: um, L.A. Confidential, and you know what? Payback is also a good movie. Like I've yes. seen Payback.
1: Mel Gibson. Two of my whole payback.
2: ass. But that was a good movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's two different versions of that movie. It's like Dominion and Exorcist. Yeah, yeah. The beginning. Yeah. Brian Helgeland, I love the story of how he's discovered. Apparently he was standing outside of Warner Brothers with a card saying, you know, uh, we'll write for money or something like that. And apparently an executive uh, kept seeing him every day. And I I said, okay, fine, you know, what have you got? And uh, apparently that's how he got his start at Warner Brothers. Uh, But getting back to 42, uh, you know your baseball, Steve. Do I'm I? sure Jonas does because he's American and it's like their football I guess I actually also live about
2: 8 blocks away from the Jackie Robinson highway so yes you do you yeah. do
1: god I, I completely didn't even think of that
2: I'm yep.
0: sorry I, um, can, we, can we just go back
1: to the point where apparently I'm a baseball fan no I said Jonas is probably a baseball fan because it's American
2: I know but you said Steve knows your baseball he said that you know your baseball
1: I don't. You don't? <laughs> of course you don't. You don't especially don't know anything about films about baseball unless it's Major League, I guess. Um well, Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes, yes. Okay, uh, the thing about 42, uh, the number 42 will never be worn again. Uh, Bud Selig retired the jersey in 1997, so the number of 42 will always be associated with Jackie Robinson and no one else. So a couple of players who were still playing with that number were allowed to see out their careers with that. And as soon as they retired, that number was officially never to be used again. Douglas Adams. Guess so. Didn't he do Red Dwarf? Of course, this movie also (laughs) featured everyone's favorite landing pilot, Harrison Ford. And this yes get off of my plane (laughs) fuck that get off my golf course this movie is actually Indiana Jones what's this plane doing on my golf course it's
2: Indiana Jones and the stealing of home
1: (laughs) 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 yeah he's he's only in this baseball movie because he had to make an emergency landing on the pitch (laughs) yeah um
0: Was there a ceiling that came down every time we were trying to slide (laughs) in and steal the base?
1: (laughs) The baseball was an absolutely huge boulder. Yeah, Yeah. Um, right down the field. (laughs) Yes. Well, this was actually, uh, amazingly enough, this is Harrison Ford's second only time playing a real-life character. Mm. Do you know who the first was?
0: Oh... Uh, didn't he play? Didn't he play like a, a real life president,
1: something like FDR or something like that? Nope. No. Okay. In that case, I don't know that. Uh, the other movie that he did where he played a real life character was K nineteen, the Widowmaker. Oh shit! I, yeah, yeah.
0: Get off my submarine!
2: <laughs> it's pretty much. Did you ever yes. see? Did you guys ever see the Harrison Ford video where David Blaine was in his house and made something disappear? Your car just left the deck, just now. And then like, he, he, David Blaine went to his house, and he was in was the His kitchen. agent's number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, uh, he was in the kitchen, and he made something disappear, and then Harrison Ford looks down at it and looks and sees that it's gone, and then he just looks at David Blaine and goes, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the funniest videos. And David Blaine's just like, and I'm gone, and he just leaves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, 42, uh, this movie does hold a record. So it holds the record for the highest box office opening weekend for a baseball movie, hmm. and as a curious link to the last anniversary's movie, uh, the movie it beat for that prestigious honor was *The Benchwarmers*. Hilarious! Okay, <laughs>
2: a real sports <laughs> movie
1: versus a fake sports
2: movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be like any given sure. Sunday beating *The Replacements*.
1: <laughs> yes uh unfortunately uh i have to break it to a lot of people out there that jackie robinson was not actually the first black baseball player that was moses fleetwood walker in 1884 jackie robinson was actually the fourth African-American oh. baseball player uh, after Weldy Walker and William White. But Jackie Robinson can lay claim that he was the first African-American baseball player of the 20th century. Lots of W's going on there as well, wasn't it there? Yeah, <laughs> there's a hell of a lot of W's. No surprise here. Spike Lee tried to make a Jackie Robinson biopic in 1995. With Denzel Washington to play Jackie Robinson, I keep saying Jackie Robinson because I don't want to say fucking Smokey Robinson. I'm really <laughs> fucking up. Yeah. So take a good look
2: at my face. Also, a different movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jackie also Wilson. Also a different yeah, movie.
1: Yeah, Denzel's like, this is not what I signed up for. Uh, Jackie uh, Brown. Man. Shit,
2: wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, but yes, Why they is wanted Pam to do it Rear 19- playing baseball? What's going on? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, they wanted to do it in 1995 to coincide with the 50th anniversary of the breaking of the color Barrier. Uh, but unfortunately, they, they just could not get any traction on that movie. Uh, in 2004, Robert Redford tied to Indecent Proposal here. Robert Redford also tried to produce a biopic of Jackie Robinson in 2004. Uh, that didn't come to pass. Uh, after watching this movie again this week, and it is a fabulous movie. It really is. It, it really is a great movie. But it does have that movie of the week feel that a lot of movies that came out 10 years ago that were biopics tend to bi- look like. A lot
2: of biopics in general do. You either you either hit one, compl- not even to use the pun, but you either hit a home run with it, or it's kind of like that, like, eh, all right. Like, it was, yep, good for you type of movie, like a very much like it was passable.
1: It was fun. But yeah, that, exactly. You know, it, it doesn't take away that the fact that it is a great film. It's historically inaccurate in a lot of places, but, uh, I know that Harrison Ford has gone on record. He has said that he was very proud of his role as branch. Ricky was his character name, uh, mainly cause he didn't have to fly. I guess the film, uh, was. Obviously a hit. It, I've been breaking the records. The film cost $40 million to make, and it made $97 million domestically. Nice. Right. Yes. It probably made more because this film was re-released following Chadwick's death just recently. Right. Okay. So they did re-release this movie, and obviously it's made probably a shit ton more money since then. It is a very and good times,
0: movie. Time slightly is. further back in. Uh, was it movie 52 that the Farrelly did?
1: Oh, you mean Movie 43. 43?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That I, I yeah, yeah, that was what I What a piece of shit. Yeah, that movie, <laughs> holy shit.
1: <laughs> I say, when we eventually get our party with t-shirts, we need one of Jonas with magnificent piece of shit. Yeah, oh. I would do that in a heartbeat, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Mag- the only
2: movie that, uh, movie 43, um, is, like, there's, there's, it's much worse, like, hidden stepbrother of a movie called Inappropriate Comedy and it's almost the exact same movie, except it's directed by the, uh, the ShamWow guy. <laughs> and uh, it's... Yeah. You mm. thought movie 43 was bad. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Well, we've got three movies out the anniversaries for this time around, and none of them I've seen. And I know, Andy, that you're completely... Nonplussed by that whatsoever.
1: No, well, I can tell you that 42 will be in the box. uh Well, speaking of what's in the box, it's that time of the show
2: again. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box?
1: What's in the box? Steve. Yes. Explain the rules of what's in the box, please.
0: Okay. What's in the box? Now you might have heard us refer to certified fresh movies in this episode. Well, Andy's going to pull out the name of a movie which is certified fresh from a box. Now if I have seen it, then he's going to keep pulling out names of movies until we find one that I haven't seen and then I've just got to
1: go away and watch it before we record the next episode. Easy. Easy. Simple. And with that, can we have our music, please? Thank Thank you. you. Oh, the music just gets tenser and tenser. Because we don't know whatever we pull out if he has seen or not. We have the rule of five at the moment. We have gone five movies that he has seen. Mm-hmm. We've never gone past that before no. hitting one that he has. Uh, last week, uh, was first the, one was out of the second? box? No, it was the first one out of the box. Was it the first one? Straight oh, away. There you go. Okay. Well, the first one I pulled out this week, Steve. Okay. Have you seen the Adventures of Baron Munchausen?
2: Oh yeah, I love
1: that one. <laughs> okay, one down. Yeah, that is he, a, that's a great movie. I been been shocked how this works. if
0: you had seen that one. <laughs> yeah, is was it, it John Noble, the guy that played Baron Munchausen?
1: No, it was Neville John Neville. John Neville, that's it. Okay, choice number two. Have you seen, Steve? I know the answer because I know the year. It's 2007, <laughs> isn't it? It's 2007. I don't even need
0: to. Die. <laughs> we no.
1: Might as well just watch whatever it is right there. Come on. Yeah. Okay, I think Jonas will approve of this. I know Bill Daly will as well. Have you seen... David Cronenberg's Eastern Promises. Oh, oh that's a good no, one. No, no, I haven't. Oh, well, that is your movie you for are, next week. You are in for
2: a disturbing treat, sir. That's, <laughs> yes. uh, Viggo Mortensen, isn't it?
1: Yes, all of him.
2: Oh, yeah, that I... is about... that's some of the nastiest Viggo Mortensen has been.
1: <laughs> Get to see, uh... LNB, you'll get to, just,
2: don't we? you'll yeah. see
1: his Eye of Sauron pretty well. Yeah, if you're going to yes. see
2: Vigo's Mortensen for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's a great movie, um, fantastic cast as well. You've also got Naomi Watts in there, you got, is it Armin Mueller Shawl? I know his yoga. is great. great movie. Movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> it's one of the few, this is one of the few Cronenberg movies that's not a body horror film.
1: Oh, excellent. <laughs> it's weird
0: right well we've got that to kick off the show next week um before we say goodbye to our guest jonas barnes jonas uh what have you got coming up at the moment you got any shows coming up plug it this is now an um, opportunity
2: yeah yeah absolutely um my shows are usually in brooklyn at my home club called the tiny cupboard um and i have a show every last thursday of the month and also you can see me all the time there um it's it's my home club it's close to my house so i perform there all the time um, and if you want to keep up to date on me, um, follow me on Twitter at Jonas Barnes or on Instagram at Jonas Barnes comedy. Sweet.
1: Awesome. I also want to do a little interjection here as well, uh, because last week, uh, we did the, uh, Alex Prius, not Prius, Steve. Alex We're not doing Proyas. that joke three weeks on the trot. No, no. No. Uh, but we did his dark city episode and i uh, saw so a post from him earlier on i did mention that i would mention this on the show he is currently running a kickstarter campaign for a short film called dark sister mm. uh which he is leading up to crowdfunding for a feature called rur uh so have a look for that on kickstarter and uh, donate some money to a true artist he rules uh, trying to yeah. get his movies done yeah, he's great. Rossum's Universal Robots, by any
0: chance? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes.
1: So yes. I do know uh, some shit. So yes, uh, Dark Sister, they're kind of looking for the completion money for it now that they're doing on Kickstarter. Uh, you've seen Alex Broyas, we've mentioned it last mm-hmm. week, The Crow, iRobot, Dark City, all of these fabulous movies that he's done and you know we can spare gods of egypt because that should have been a better movie yeah uh, and it's but not what we'll fault. do
0: is we'll put the the link to even even though he's gotten absolutely nothing to do with the show alex it'd be great if you could come on but we're just going to stick the link for his uh, his uh, details for his kickstarter just down below so hop over to that um if you're after our details then they're just popping up from below you can join us on facebook.com forward slash pottywood. you can hit us up on twitter at pottywood you can catch us on the r slash pottywood subreddit you can join us on linkedin and you can also catch
1: us on patreon andy tell them what they win on patreon Okay. For you lucky fuckers who actually sign up to our Patreon and subscribe, you get to listen to audio only versions of these episodes just prior to our video episodes dropping. So you get the exclusive, you know, you know, everything before the general public decides to go on YouTube and watch it. And it's the price of a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, so, and also, uh, come on guys, we would like some subscribers. Okay. Uh, that it's below here on YouTube. You can go on Facebook and follow the page there. It's nothing, it's clicking a button. Okay, you click a button and that way we can carry on doing this. We can hopefully reach it to a level where a lot more people are interested in appearing as guests as well. Uh, Speaking of which, I guess next week, we've got to mention Jen McGowan will be here on our show. Yes. Uh, Director of movies like uh, Rust Creek, And Kelly and Cal, also director of TV of The Purge, Twilight Zone, Star Trek Discovery, DC Titans. Really looking forward to uh, having her on the show and welcoming her in. So join us for that next week. Uh, For now, though, it is
0: a goodbye from Jonas Barnes. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. It is a goodbye from me. And it is a goodbye
1: from me, (laughs) y'all. Paul, go back. <laughs> don't, I never do, left.
2: don't do the Verhoeven. Don't do the Verhoeven.
0: Don't. No, you shouldn't do the Verhoeven. No, nine. No. Voice my handy. Pray,
1: <laughs> I pray to God we get him on the show one day, Paul. Please come up. I listened to That'd the episode. Hilarious. You guys made fun of me. It was great.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. What is this? What is that? What is uh. the stupid voice that you keep on doing all of the time? <laughs> what is this shit? I like Robin Williams
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I did not mix the
1: room. That was the other guy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, we'll see you next week for Eastern Promises and for the Jim McGowan special as well. And uh, catch you soon, guys. Bye.